0: This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Father, we thank you because you are there. You are there. You're right before us. You are right before us. And so we fix our eyes on you, we are tracking you. We are following you, concerning the issues of our purpose, the meaning of our life. Thank you, Lord, because we are not like them that are lost. We are not like them that are confused. We are not like them that do not know where they are going. Because our eyes are fixed on you, O oh Creator. Thank you, Lord, because we know what you have made us, made us for. Thank you, Lord, because we have filled with the knowledge and the consciousness that you have, that you have given us meaning. Thank you Lord because as we follow you more our our steps are ordered. Our, Our paths are illuminated. Thank you Lord because our hearts are flooded with light in the name of Jesus. Thank you for revelation knowledge in this place. Thank you Lord because everyone listening both here and virtually their hearts are expanded to receive your word. Thank you Lord because nobody will be a part of this series that will leave this series with any kind of confusion Thank you, Lord, because there will be clarity on who we are and what we have been made for. Thank you, Lord, because it will cause us to be more stable in this perverse and confused generation. Thank you, Lord, because it will ground us, to ground us in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Um, good morning, everybody. Hope you had, hope you've had a good weekend. For those of us in Nigeria, echo the last week, praise God. It's been quite a week, hallelujah. So, um, we are talking about purpose. Uh, We've been talking about purpose for the past couple of weeks. We've been clarifying what exactly purpose is. We've been looking into God's word to see what exactly purpose is and try to define it and try to you know, give clarity so that nobody is confused about what exactly it is. Hallelujah. And I really hope that um, someone out there has been blessed by it so far. I really hope that someone out there has benefited from the, from the teaching so far. I hope that it is helping you to see things a little better. I hope that it is helping you to see things i hope it is helping you to see yourself the way god sees you right i I hope it is helping you to see yourself the way god sees you hallelujah hope you guys don't mind if i sit right praise god so um last week i began by So last week I was trying to define what platforms are, but I spent a lot of time recapping, and I don't regret it because um, I think it was inspired and we're able to you know, say a lot of things that really blessed people. But I wanna really, what I wanna achieve this Sunday is to really get you guys to really understand what platforms are. Because I began, we began the series by trying to define the terms, and I said that your purpose is actually what you are created to do. Purpose is not a status, is not uh, is not acquisition, is not um, any of those things. Purpose is actually what you are created to do. Whenever entities are created, they are created with a purpose in mind, and that purpose is to do something, right? It's to do something, and I try to explain that there's something, there's a concept that I call platforms, and um, platforms platforms are your location in space time they are your designation they are the situation where God puts you so that you can access people and creation in order to do the purpose of God did you guys get that it is the situation that God puts you your platform is the situation that God puts you so that you will be able to access people and all of creation so that you can do the purpose of God please make no mistake about it we all have one purpose or we all have the same purpose and that purpose is clear we all have one purpose and that purpose is clear and that purpose is to do the will of God that purpose is to do the will of God Hebrews chapter 10 we kept reading this is the reason why you have come this is the reason why I have come that I may do your will O Lord Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 You are God's workmanship created before time began, before the foundations of the earth, whichever translation that you are using. You are created unto good works, which He prepared you to do before the foundations of the earth. You are God's masterpiece, created to do good stuff. You were created to do something. So that is the purpose. The purpose of all of us is to do the will of God. And what is the will of God? We have looked through the scriptures from the beginning to the end, and we know what the will of God is. That's how I know. I know your purpose. You don't need to be confused as you're saying, saying ah, what am I meant to do what's my purpose in life there's no need for that confusion I know your purpose we all know our purpose our purpose is to bring men to the knowledge of Christ though you know the purpose is to do the will of God and what is the will of God for humanity that man comes to the image of Christ that man is reconciled to Christ that man comes to the knowledge of Christ that man becomes as God meant him to be One... And secondly, the will of God for creation is that creation flourishes. God wants creation to flourish. God wants creation to do well. Because when creation flourishes, when creation does well, something happens. What it does is that it begins to manifest the the eternal attributes and essence of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. Verse 18 to 20 tells us that see all of creation no man at any point in time is without excuse why because all of creation is fundamentally able was created with an with the image of god with a form of the image of god such that you can look at creation and it's supposed to be able to manifest god's divine attributes and eternal nature praise god so it is when creation is flourishing is when creation is doing well when creation is flourishing that it is able to manifest that nature when corruption enters into 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 creation it is not able to it is not able to de- no demonstrate it's not able to show that divine essence praise god so this is the will of god for man and this is the will of god for creation so that is how we know this is your purpose your purpose is to bring men to the knowledge of christ and it is god's priority it is God's priority, it is the number one thing on God's mind, this thing is so strong on God's mind, right, that in the book of Luke chapter 11, the Bible tells us that after God sent out 72, um, 72 of his disciples to go out and give them power over snakes and scorpions and all kinds of things he sent them out to do miraculous stuff the Bible says that when they got back when they got back they rejoiced and said even all these things were subject to us, and guess what Jesus said Jesus said, don't rejoice at that. Rather, rejoice that your name is in the book of life. Now, when Jesus said, don't rejoice about that, he's not saying that there's no value in that. He's making a figurative expression. It was a figurative expression to show the relativity of those two things. Right? God, Jesus, give them the power, supply the ability, give them gifts, right? To go and do good for people and for creation and they did in the matter of speaking but when they came back, Jesus said that is nothing compared to the fact that a man is saved and a man is back where God wants him to be all those things cannot be compared with a man's life name being in the book of life it's extremely important this this thing is of tremendous um, importance to the point where... that even men... for a man to even... steward creation properly... for it to flourish... it cannot be done well... except he has the image of God. And I've tried so much in different ways... you know in the last, in the last couple of Sundays... to so try to exemplify... that when you look at creation around you today... when you look at creation... whatever you see about creation around you today... that is good. Look around. Look around. One of the things that you find... is that the people who were able to do those good things for creation, do those good things for civilization, who were able to steward civilization so that we can see some form of flourishing. When you look at them, you would always see that all of them received the lights that Christ brought. They are all heirs of Jesus' value system. They are all heirs of salvation. There is a reason why. Because nobody knows what is good for creation better than God does. Nobody does. So a man who is in the knowledge of Christ, a man who is in the image of Christ, a man that carries God's values is the best kind of man to steward creation, to make it flourish. To Church, I together. Praise God. But for all that to happen, there needs to be, God needs to put you in a situation where you can access people and creation. Praise God. When you're going to do the purpose of God for you, Because we are limited, we are are inside space time and we are born at different places and in different times. God, in His foreknowledge and His omniscience and His endless creativity, puts all of us in situations where we can access people and access creation so that we can do that purpose of God. That situation where God puts you is your platform. Did you guys get that? That situation where God puts you is your platform. And so, because none of us are identical, because we are all unique spirits before God, because each and every one of us is created with a unique identity, because each and every one of us, he knows us by name. That statement, you know, when the prophet is speaking, is supposed to typify something. That God knows us as individuals. So that is why we are not um, mass-produced spirits. There's a way to look at Christianity And begin to assume that human beings are mass-produced spirits that are just given different kinds of bodies. No. We're not mass-produced spirits. We all have a name. God knows us each one by one. And, And the reason is because God has a place for each and every one of us. God has a place for each and every one of us where we can do our own part. When you look at a masterpiece, if you look at a tapestry or a piece of art, there are many, many components that make up that piece of art. Many, many things that make up that piece of art. The reason why that art comes to you as beautiful is because all the different, different parts of, the, you know, of that work of art comes together to give you an overall picture of a beautiful painting. In the same way, God has a part, a portion for each and every one of us in his, in his, you know, in his big plan whereby all of us come together to make a beautiful picture. Hallelujah. So we all have our parts to play. We all have our situations where God has ordained for us to be. God has different situations for for each of us because he would have you do that work in a particular place. All of us cannot stand in the same place and do the purpose for everybody. It's not possible. Because all of, because all of God's purpose is for all of creation, all of us must be placed at different places in creation in order to, be able to do that purpose. So that is what your platform is. Your platform is your situation, is that place where God puts you, so that you can do the purpose of God for man and creation. Church, are we together? Kija, are you feeling me? Hear me? Hallelujah. So that's what platforms are let me just, let's reiterate something. Um, Galatians chapter 6. From verse 3. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else for each should carry his own load. Praise God. You cannot take pride in someone else. There is is absolutely no place for comparison. There is absolutely no place for comparison. You cannot look at someone else and look at your own situation and say you are better off based on the external things around you praise God it does not make sense there's absolutely no place for comparison there's absolutely no place for comparison each man is going to take pride in his own work and in themselves alone there is absolutely no place for comparison you cannot look at someone else and look at the person and take pride in your own work and say I'm better off than this person there's no place for that because when you understand that our situation, the platform that God has given us, is to enable us to access people and creation so that we can do the will of God, you will understand that there are no two people situations that can be identical to compare. Because where the Lord will have you be is right from where another person will have be. Praise God! So, but this is the tricky, this is the interesting thing about platforms, right? The interesting thing about platforms is that First Corinthians chapter 9. We need to read it. Let me just, let's just skim through it. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Apostle Paul is giving us the example of how you no know, God gave him the platform of being an apostle. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, verse 8, if I'm correct, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, in 7 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10, Apostle Paul tells us something, that the authority that I have and as an po- apostle, the position and the situation that I have, God has given me so that I can use it to do something, is to build you up. Let's read it second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 7 says, You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong in Christ, they should consider again that will belong to Christ just as much as they do. Verse 8. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up. Rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed. said, the authority that God gave us. So God is the one that actually puts people in situations where they can access people and creation. God is the one. God orchestrates platforms. You guys, are you, are you with me? God orchestrates platforms. God puts people in situations. God puts people in places where they can access people and where they can access creation so that they can do the purpose of God for them. So the purpose is not the situation. Your purpose is not your situation. Your purpose is what you are created to do. I can't make this thing sink in enough because actually the entire confusion that comes when people think about the concept of purpose actually comes from this. It actually comes from this. People imagine and uh, I think it's the whole influence of this charismatic slash Um, motivational um, thing that we have in Pentecostalism, right? Where people, you know, so a person comes to your church to come and talk to you about how to enter purpose. And the entire, the credibility of the person is based on the fact that the person has a situation or a platform that is considered a big platform. Praise God. That is the entire reason why they are brought to speak. And they are brought to speak about the purpose of God for you because they are on a big platform and that platform that they are on is a sign that they are is the is the purpose. So because they have entered that purpose right then they can tell you how they enter that purpose. There is a very there is a subtle subtle confusion of confusing people's situation people's platforms with the purpose of god for them and that's why i cannot sink it enough that's why jesus insists that the life of a man is not in the abundance of the things that he possesses because those things are situations and those are gifts but they are not your purpose they are not what god has created you to do what god has created you to do is something that you keep doing till the day that you die So there's no such thing as I have entered purpose. From the day you were born, you were already in purpose. You were already doing purpose in one way or another. Did you get what I just said now? From the day you were born, you were already doing what God created you to do. In one way or another. The question is always how much are you doing? so I want if I achieve anything this is to make it completely eroded from your mind that you look at yourself and you look at your pocket and you look at your bank account and you look at your status in the society and somehow inside of you you have a sense of inadequacy because you have given yourself the wrong value system of measuring your value or your fulfillment or the meaning of your life by all those external things no the meaning of your life is in what God created you to do not in your situation so wherever you are, you can do what God created you to do and you don't need to look at anybody to, to have everything. This is the interesting thing about platforms and situations. Because God is a good God and God is a merciful God, God does not give anybody assignments and God is not a user. Do you understand that? God is not a user. God is not someone that ha- will have you do something and will not give you anything to enjoy from the thing you are doing obviously enjoying that thing is not your priority isn't it but god will never leave you or forsake you he will never give you an assignment and leave you without anything to be blessed by it that's why even as an apostle where god has told apostle paul that i've called this guy to be a name for me unto the gentiles even in that still had privileges that he enjoyed being an apostle and the first Corinthians of the Nine Apostle Paul talked about his apostolic rights that he has the, that you know God has given him that privilege based on his situation to be able to enjoy some things from the church so that is the thing about platforms generally situations and platforms are given to you to do the purpose of God but those situations can also be a blessing to you the same thing with the gifts of God the gifts of god are given to you we're going to talk about gifts next week sunday the gifts of god are given to you so that you can they, they give you the capacity to do what god will have you do yet those gifts can also be a blessing to you also so being the md of zenith bank being the president of nigeria is not your purpose your purpose is something else your purpose is to do something That platform is a situation, is a platform that God has given you so that you can access people and access creation so that you can do what God will have you do. But because being the MD of Zenith Bank or being the president of Nigeria or being all those chairman of First Bank or all those big, big positions have some benefits that come with it, people are obsessed with platforms because it's a canal thinking. It's a selfish thinking. It's a thinking of self. People are thinking of the benefits that will come to them and not the purpose of God. And that's why the most important thing that this series can, up, can do for you is to change your orientation, to change your focus. You need to change your focus from yourself to your purpose. You need to take your, you need to take your, your focus from what I can enjoy to my purpose. And listen to me, you need to get this right. If you don't do that, if you don't stop the idolatry of self, if you don't put your bodily, earthly enjoyment lower in your hierarchy of values, if it keeps being at the top of the hierarchy of your values, if you keep putting your material benefits at the top of your hierarchy of your values, there's something that will always happen to you. And that thing is an existential crisis. You will always have an existential crisis. You will always have an existential crisis. Let me explain something. It, 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 I, I talked about it some zones ago. One of... There are two major things that God did and he tried to show us in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 1 to 3 when he talked about the fall of man. There are two things that God did there. That everything that we see in this world is a manifestation of it. That's why God didn't cause Adam and Eve. God was only telling them the implication of what he had done. Do you understand that? He didn't, he didn't cause Adam and Eve. Everything that he said to them was he was telling them the implication. And Eve to you, it had become this and this and that and that. He was telling her the implication of not eating of the fruit of life. So okay, anyway, you understand better now. There are two things that God did in that place. The first thing he did was to take away the possibility of immortality from man. That's the fruit of life. He did not allow man to have immortality. The moment man fell. And the man decided, by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, man decided that he he wanted to be like God in a way that he was not meant to be like God. And that way was that he wanted to start deciding for himself what good and evil is. That is the essence of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted to be deciding for himself what good and evil is. But that prerogative cannot be for a creation. It can only be for the creator. Your laptop cannot decide today and wake up and say, I want to be deciding for myself what I'll be using myself for. You know, the day that happens, there's a problem. That is the entire... It's very weird and funny how people don't see these things. That that is the entire... This thing, this phenomenon is the entire basis of every movie ever written about how AI went crazy. This is the fundamental idea. The day the AI wakes up and decides that it wants to decide for itself what good and evil is. When whenever that kind of movie happens, whenever, you know those movies that are written, what do human beings always do? What do they always do? They fight to shut it down. You shut it down. So man had decided that he wanted to be like God. So God, just to show you that even human beings when they write these movies, they are not as wise as God. Let me tell you what God did. He did two things. The first thing that he did was that he took away the possibility of immortality from, from the man. So it's the equivalent of the human beings, when your AI becomes smart and becomes sentient, you know what you do? You remove the power bank. It's supposed to have eternal battery where it will never run down. You will now remove the battery and put the battery that needs to be charged. In. The day the battery runs down, it will die, and that's the end. One. Then the second thing that he did was that he now built scarcity into the earth. The earth, the way Adam and Eve was designed it was designed such that it's it's it has endless resources. So your needs can never be greater than the supply you can you can never you, you you can never in garden of eden the idea of the garden of eden the idea of paradise this is the whole idea of paradise the whole idea of paradise is a place where um the supply of resources is always more than the demand god changed it that's when economics the demand is always more than supply scarcity always because resources can never be more than the things that you need it for god did it on purpose that's what i was explaining in romans chapter 8 that he subjected creation to futility on purpose so that you'll be crying that something is wrong with the existence. All of us are crying something is wrong with this world. Yes, something is meant to be wrong with this world because if God took away our our power bank from us, our eternal power bank, that's immortality, the tree of knowledge of life and left us with endless resources, we still have a problem. Imagine living in a world where if you just want food, the food appears. You never have to walk. You never have to try for anything because there's endless resources there is never scarcity. Human beings will never be what God wanted them. To, God created them to be because everything that is good about human, humanity today always comes as a result of necessity. It is exercise. It is exertion. It is putting yourself under pressure that makes human beings to come out. That's why the greatest inventions of humanity, all the quantum leaps of humanity, always comes in great adversity and suffering. You know, there's a the way people look at the world and think that suffering is a bad thing. No, suffering is a gift. It is. It doesn't sound, but it's true. If, that's why if you can look around you, people who are not under pressure, people who are not hungry, they don't do well in life. But people who are under pressure, people who have something chasing them, they become a better version of themselves. Because when you have the image of God, how be it defaced? You have faculties inside of you. You have muscles. You have organs. You have things inside of you. Those things cannot become better. They can become stronger until you walk them. So, God gave us a reason as human beings to walk. Do you understand that? So, that's what He was telling Adam when He said that you begin to sweat, to pull from the ground. He was telling them the implication. He did two things by chasing them out of the Garden of Eden and withdrawing the fruit of life from them, He took away immortality from them and built scarcity into the earth so that our needs will never, our, the supply on the earth will never catch up to our needs. It is for the sake of humanity, and that is what heaven is. Heaven is actually a place where there is immortality and there is endless resources. <laughs> Praise God. So, travel together now and listen to me. The reason, and so, because of this thing that is built inside of us, because of this sense of scarcity that is inside of us, it is very, very easy for us to idolate, idolize when our material benefits are met. Do you understand that? It's very easy for us to idolize it. It's a part of us because we are constantly striving to meet up with our needs based on scarcity with our mortality. So there's a tendency for us as natural human beings to idolize when our needs are met. And what that does is that your focus will be on your material benefits, but it's not beyond what the purpose of God is for you. So you'll be chasing this, chasing this and you'll be chasing it endlessly and never getting fulfilled because the thing that is meant to fulfill you is not here it is here and that is the entire essence of this entire series is to take your eyes and put your eyes on what is important to reshape everything for you so your situation is not your purpose your situation can bring some benefits to you and that is a testament to the goodness of god but that situation is created so that you can do what God will have you do for it. Do with it. Praise God. So, we all have our coordinates in space-time. We all have a situation where God will have us be. And if, you know, God is going to give us assignments based on the purpose of God for us. Which is to bring men to the knowledge of Christ and to steward creation accordingly. Each and every one of us has a place inside of it each and every one of us has a location, a situation that God will keep, you know, ordering our steps into. And God is doing, God does something. God is actually very deliberate. Let me check the time to make sure that's okay. God is actually quite deliberate about ordering our steps to the situations where he will put us so that we can do his will for us. So one of the things that you begin to see from the law and the prophets that God begins to make very clear is that in Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 Daniel will say things like he's the one that sets up kings and he's the one that removes them the prophet will say promotion does not come from the east or the west but from God Joseph will say the Lord sent me ahead of you so that I can preserve you you begin to see those kind of things when they say it they're not saying it in the passive in the passive tense of God does all things like i explained you know that figurative expression of God does things that I explained in our midweek service like two weeks ago, right? You know I explained this it. a figurative expression in cultures to say God did it and all that. Many, when the prophets are saying it, they're actually saying it in more specific term. That's, they are referring to that active form of God working in situations to put us in places. That's why, um, what's his name? Apostle Paul will say things like in, in the book of Galatians chapter 2, we're going to say that, chapter 1, that we'll say that the God that called me from my mother's womb God that called me to be an apostle for my mother's womb. So, you see, God sets people off. God sets people up to be in certain platforms. Even when you are thinking about the body of Christ and the church, many of the confusions about what a gift is and what a platform is and what a powerful, I mean, all those things always come from this lack of understanding. There are five situations. There are five platforms. Apostles, apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Or four, depending on your theological leanings, Right there are these five platforms that God gives people to do the purpose of God. He calls them ministry gifts. But the, the word gift there, you have, you have to be careful not to equivocate on the word gift. The word gift can mean many things in different contexts. The word gift can mean anything that you don't merit, things that you don't work for, things that were given to you by the goodwill of a person, right? So your platform, in a sense, is a gift. Even your purpose is a gift, amen? You know, How many of you created yourself? How many of you decided in the platonic realm that I shall make myself and I shall give myself this purpose? Every single one of us literally just woke up one day and found out that we're existing. Right? Right? So, even your purpose, even your life is a gift. So, when Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 that, you know, and he gave gifts to men, and these are the ministry gifts, you know, Apostle Paul is not saying that, you know, it's not the same gift as with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He's talking about platform as a gift. It is a privilege, it is an honor for the person and for the church to have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's a gift in that sense. And that's why you see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and at the end, again, he says, are all prophets are all apostles to all speak with tongues so there are platforms and there are gifts so there's a situation of being an apostle there's a situation of being a pastor there's a situation of being an evangelist in the body and then there are gifts of the spirit the, you know, the charismatic gifts, ability to give word of knowledge, gift of miracles, gift of healings, gift of everything and everything. Those are abilities that enable you to do something. And what is that thing that you do to bring men to the knowledge of Christ, to stabilize men, to edify men, so they come to the knowledge of Christ and they are stable and not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine? So there's the platform, there's the situation, and then there's the gifts. So that's why even your purpose in life is not to be a pastor. No. Your purpose in life is not to be a pastor. Your purpose in life is to do ministry. That pastoring is a platform. Some weeks ago, we were discussing some, some issues. Um, me and the guys, oh, by the way, today is Samuel's birthday. Samuel is not in church. I hope he's on YouTube. I hope he's on YouTube. Happy birthday, Samuel. Um, he has gone home to can and eat jollof rice in his father's house. Praise God. Right? So, some weeks ago, Samuel and I were discussing some things about, um, you know, we're listening to a certain doctrinal quarter, a group with domination and their beliefs about women and pastoring and all that. And one of the things they began to say is that women are actually not meant to pastor churches and everything and all that. And you know what? We're going to talk about how they made a lot of good arguments, right? In quotes. But you know, we're going to correct some of the issues. And one of the major problems that, that, that those guys have, one of the major mis- misunderstandings they have, is that they keep picturing church today. As if church was the way it is now, two thousand years ago. So when they are picturing church and they say, eh, "Woman is not meant to exert authority over a man," they are picturing it in, in like church today, where you have Ijomo uh, Yinka International Ministries, like an organization, and they think a man is supposed to be no. When the church started, the way it is going to, the way it was, and the way it is going to end up being again, you will see, is that it was splintered. The church was based on where you are. So you preach the gospel to people around you, and the people around you become a church. It was not an organization where you are coming together to do something as the head of the ministry. No. The way they are doing in China now. You know in China now you cannot be doing My Ministries International. If you are lucky to see two believers gather together, you gather yourself. If you are in Afghanistan now, you cannot be doing Daniel Reynka International Ministries. It is when everything is working okay in your society that you can sit down to say, hey, what are our doctrinal differences? you only, I don't believe this. So, you know what? This is my ministry that is the lie. When you have a location where people are ministering the gospel to, and the person that brought the gospel to them is a woman, will you say that she should, she should not pastor them and give the new converts the pastorship of that place? Doesn't make sense. Right? So, that's why in Christ there's neither male nor female. It does not make sense when you think of it like that you begin to understand some things that imagine the church at that time you have preached to a bunch of people you have gotten them saved you have gathered them together you will be their pastor it has become a platform it has become a situation but if something happens and you leave that location and you go to another place where somebody has labored over them in that place and they have a pastor will you say you are not in purpose again will you say you are not in purpose again that's why your purpose cannot be to be a pastor your purpose is to do the ministry of the gospel so whether you have the platform or not you are still doing your purpose that's why you cannot say until i'm the md of this thing, until i have my own business i'm an entrepreneur i'm a ceo i've not had the purpose of god is a lie your purpose in life is not to be a ceo your purpose is not to be an entrepreneur your purpose is to do something to bring men to the knowledge of christ and to steward creation being the ceo of a company is only a platform where you have access to do it if that company does not exist then if anything happens to nigeria today and they chase away all the ceos you, you will not say you don't have purpose anymore will you say that will you say you don't have purpose anymore that's why your purpose cannot be, to be your purpose cannot be to be a husband your purpose cannot be to be a wife I Not see my purpose in life is that to be someone's husband. My purpose is not. Marriage is a platform where you have access to your partner, to your children, to your in-laws, where you can do the purpose of God for you. So you must be purpose oriented. You must think of yourself in the light of what I'm meant to do. When you begin to think about that, a lot of things just become easy for you. When you begin to think like that, a lot of things begin to come easy. And so, the when God begins to order your steps into platforms, understanding that now becomes very easy. God ordering your steps into platform becomes very easy. You become very effective if you are... What is that word I gave you again? Action biased, I mean. If you are purpose biased, if you are purpose oriented... If you are doing-oriented, if you, if you are action-oriented, action-biased, that means you are thinking of what am I meant to do, not the situation. What am I meant to do? What happens is this. When you focus on what you are meant to do, it opens your eyes of revelation such that where, whichever situation or platform that you are, you are able to see what you are meant to do and you are able to make the best of it. And this is the tricky part. This is the interesting thing the more faithful you are with a platform or situation, the more God will bring other platforms to you. The more faithful you are with a particular platform or situation because if God's purpose is for you to do stuff and you are doing stuff effectively where God puts you, God always does something. He commits more into the hand of faithful people. He will commit more into into the hands of faithful people. So this is the effect. God will give you more and more and more platforms and give you bigger situations where you have access to more people and more of creation. But well, this is the interesting thing, right? Because you are getting into bigger platforms, the benefits that are coming to you are also bigger. But there's a way to begin to look at the benefits and get lost and become ineffective. The way to be effective in your platforms is to be purpose-oriented. When you are purpose-oriented, you can see what you are meant to do with your situation. And let me tell you the funny thing. Even the world around us attests to this right the world around us is broken so many times you can see some things that are not meant to be but many of the times and all things being equal people who are purpose oriented are the ones who will find themselves even humanity committing more platforms into their hands that's why in the in, in the in the you know in the in your path as you are walking doing your thing step by step you if you are someone that keeps looking ahead of you, looking for the next platform to have, you are going to be stagnated. But if you are someone that is looking at yourself now, taking it one step at a time, making the best of the situation that you have now, what happens is that you are, you are going to be very effective on the platform that you have now. Men are going to recognize your effectiveness and they will give you a bigger platform for you to do more. But if you don't have to understand you are shortchanging yourself, this is what's happening to a lot of people. This is what's happened to a lot of people, a lot of civilizations, a lot of nations. Nations that are not action biased. Civilizations that are not purpose biased. That are looking at external things. A situation that a a, 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 a people, a populace, that do not understand the connection between doing and getting things to happen. A situation that idolizes a, 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 a society that idolizes external things, gifts and platforms over the purpose. This is why such situ, um, such civilizations are usually stagnated. They are usually behind. A, a country, a group of people that idolize having big cars, that idolize doing external things over creating value, doing things, what you're going to have is a society of people that they are elite. The best people among them are people who just have things but are incompetent. So what begins to happen is that people that idolize those things, every other means by which you can have those things, they will do it other than the way that you're meant to do it, which is by creating value so what now happens is that you now have a society of people obsessed with having things but creating no value such a society will beg from a society where things are being done do you guys understand what I'm saying it is the purpose of God for creation it is the way he has built us you must be action biased because faithfulness in a platform qualifies you for more, but faithfulness in a platform cannot come except you are purpose biased. Let me show you something. You know, there was a time that one guy was debating the topic with me, and he was saying that um, he said that um, um, unto whom much is given, much is also expected. He's talking about the word of God or something. Let's look at it. Did something and all the witness accounts. Please look up first. Jesus did something, and all the witnesses attested to it. The idea that unto whom much is given, much is also expected. Him that has little, the little he has will be taken from him, and him that has more, the more that ha- more will be given to him. That concept, that phenomenon, that phenomenology, that idea, Jesus repeats it as much as. Jesus repeats that phenomenon as an underlying guiding principle for multiple things. Letting you know that this is the core of things. Listen to me. This is the core of things. Look at Luke chapter 12. Let's start from there. Praise God. Um, Okay, we'll, we'll circle back to it. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Verse 14. So Jesus gives the parable of the guys that he gave 10 talents, right? And we all know this, this story. The story is a very, very common story, right? Um, but let's just jump straight to verse 29. So this is the parable of the 10 talents. Oh, do you remember the story? And so he, gives some, he gave one five, gave one two, and gave one one. And, um, you know, the one that did did not return it and all that. Look out in our side, verse 29. It now says, for whoever has, he will be given more. And they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have shall be taken from them. Amen. Even what they have shall be taken from them. Um, look at. Now look at Mark chapter 4. verse 24. Now, this is the scripture that talks about the, 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 um, the parable of the sower. This, um, talks about, this scripture talks about the parable of the sower and talks about how the word was put on some hearts and then some hearts germinated and some did not germinate, right? <clears throat> and Jesus is explaining the whole concept of how people ought to apply themselves to the word of God. That the more you apply yourself to God's word, the more of the word of God that you also gain. But look at what he says verse 24. Genesis, Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. So Jesus is talking about how you hear, how you apply yourself to God's word. People that apply themselves to God's word, they get more revelation. And people that don't, the revelation that they have, look at verse 25. Now it says, whoever has will be given more and whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. So Jesus used this same principle for the story of the talents. Jesus used this same principle for the story of the sewer. Praise God. There is a story in Luke. I'm trying to find exactly where it is. Jesus uses the same principle of he that has more be given to talk about the um, the knowledge, the um, servants who servants who know the knowledge of um, um, Servants who know the word of God. Yes. Um, Luke chapter 12, verse 47. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready and does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many (laughs) blows. If God should blow somebody. Verse 48. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given, Much will be what's demanded, and from the one who has been trusted much, much more will be what's asked. Church out together. Do you see the principle? Why? Unto whom much is given, much is expected. If you've been given much, God expects you to do much with it. This is also the reason why, if you do much with little, God will give you more. Because it's about the doing of purpose. It's about the doing of purpose. So, unto whom, um, um, so, he that has been faithful with little will also be faithful with much, isn't it? Him that is faithful with little is also faithful with much. So, that means that if a man has little and has been faithful with it, more will be given to him. So, he that has little, the little he has been be taken from him. But he that has much, even more will be added unto him. So, because it's all about purpose. Do you, guys, do you see the straight line within that? Unto him that much is given, much is also expected. So, God gives you a platform to reach more people, to control more resources, to meet more people. That much is given to you not because he wants you to be enjoying it, but because much is expected from you. So God needs people that he can trust with resources to do much because he has a lot to do. Have you not heard that the harvest is plenty but the laborers are few? There is much to do. There has always been much to do and there will always be much to do. Do you understand that? Because God has much that he wants to do, he needs people that will do much with much. But people that will do much with much can only be known. It's not when you have given them much that you will know them. It is from the little that they have that they are given that they will do with it, that they can know that God can know that they can do much with it. Do you understand that? But the little that you have, you cannot do much with it except you are purpose-oriented. If you are situation-oriented if you are situation-oriented, if your sense of value, if your sense of worth comes from the situation that you are in, you are going to run into a problem. And the problem that you are going to run into is that you will keep looking for a big situation before you to think that you are doing something. You will equate meaning to a situation that is big. So if your situation is small, you will think you are small. And if your situation is big, you will think you are big. But this is the problem. If your situation is small and you think you are small, because of that, you will not do anything with it. And if you don't do anything with it, more cannot be committed into your heart. Do you understand that? This is why the guys with the talents were different the guy with the one talent was situation oriented he was looking at the one talent what jesus was saying is not about the one talent it's about what i wanted you to do what was his purpose his purpose was not the talent his purpose was to do something and what was it to do to multiply the talent to make profit for the master that was his purpose his purpose was to make profit for the master The situation that was given to him was what he was meant to do. But because he was situation-oriented, he did not see what he was meant to do. So he ignored what he was meant to do and idolized the situation. But a man that does not do much with what he has cannot be given much. Because unto whom much is given, much is also what? Expected. God has a lot of things that he wants to do, there is a lot of purpose to be attained, there is a lot of purpose to be done, there is a lot of work to be done that will require a lot of resources, but that those situations standing in that position requires faithful stewards who are able to do much with what they are given. Listen to me, even nature and creation itself, except of course, like I said earlier in broken situations. It is ordered in such a way. It's ordered in such a way. Those are the things that we see in nature that is naturalistically um, um, interpreted as survival of the fittest. When you look into creation and you see some things and you, see, you say it's you, your, your instincts, natu- if you look at, if you, if, you, if you remove the purpose of God from nature and you look at it without... Seen the divine nature of God. You will look at it and you will think that it's just about survival of the fittest. I don't want to go too much into Italian. But what you are seeing is not just mere survival of the fittest. It is unto whom much has been given, much has been expected. It is he that's little, faithful little, is also what? Faithful with much. That's what you are seeing. The ones that do more with what they have end up doing more and getting more. And the, those that are not making the best of what they have, they die off. Because there's much to do. So more will be given. Even in your careers, even in the place of work, in everything that you are doing, stop being situation oriented. Stop looking at yourself and say, um, um, where I am, I, and then offended. Um, I'm supposed to be um, I'm supposed to be in such, such place by now. I'm supposed to be so 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 pleased by now and you are depressed and you are feeling sad because something is missing, you are feeling like something is missing Baba, your value is not in where you are your value is not in your situation the question is this, where you are right now are you doing your purpose there? if you do and you are effective, it's just a matter of time, keep this one as a back pocket eventually it's just a matter of time Because competence in this world, people that are faithful are scarce. That is the truth. The same way the Lord has been looking for liberals for the harvest, it is the same way in stewarding creation well and in all those things. The people that can do it well, they are scarce. So be purpose-oriented wherever you are. Be purpose-oriented wherever you are. The mentality of being situation-oriented is, I'm looking for the word, it's counterproductive. It is counterproductive. As a child of God, it is counterproductive. Because it puts you in a place, it puts you in a mindset where you're not going to be the best of who you're meant to be. Church, I we together. Praise God. Unto whom much is given, much is also expected. Unto whom much is given, much is also expected. Hallelujah. Two things that I'm going to retake before I say the last thing. Two things that I'm, I need to retake before I say the last thing. Always remember, the situation, the platform is not the measure of the man. That's one of the that's why one of the things that you begin to notice when you begin to interact with people and you meet all these celebrities that are very, very popular and everything. When you meet them and interact with them, there's so many evidences for this. So many evidence for this, for this, for this, concept. When you meet all these celebrities, all these big men and all these big women, and you get to talk to them. One of the things that you first notice is that there's nothing special about these people. Have you guys noticed it? You say, like, wow, there's nothing in this guy. He has one million followers and then you just sit down and talk to him and you discover that even you might even be better than him in a lot of things. That thing can make you offended and resentful. You'll be hustling, hustling in one place and then by mistake you'll just meet the MD of one company and you'll be talking to him and you discover that <laughs> not all the time though, there's some people that you miss that they will, they will shock you but most of the time you'll be like these children I don't even know anything. That's why the life of a man is not the abundance of the thing that he owns. The measure of a man is not his situation. If the measure of a man was their situation, then everybody at the, at the pinnacle of every hierarchy in this world would be the most competent people. Do you understand that? That's why you must divorce purpose and you must In your mind, you must divorce it. You must divorce it. That's why when you begin to understand the individuality of purpose and the separation of purpose and situation and platform, one of the things you begin to understand is that it is possible for someone that is not as good as you to be in a certain high platform. Do you know why? Because the person's work is different from your own. Where God has put you is for you to do what you are doing. Both of you are not in the same race. No two people can be compared on the the same way because you're not even the same. Do you understand that? You, you can't compare yourself to those people because you are not in the same place. That's why no man can take pride in another person's work like Apostle Paul put it in Genesis, Genesis 6. You cannot take pride in another person's work because your own situation is different. It's for you to do what God will have you do. Be faithful where you are and what God wants you to do, you will do it. And let me tell another thing that I won't post to you here. Hmm? See, you must You must be purpose-oriented. You must be purpose-oriented such that whichever situation that God orders your steps into, let it be enough for you. Because the person that you are going to give accounts to is the person that puts you there. Let it sink into your mind that I am where God will have me be. I I will do the purpose of God where I am. If when God is ready to order your steps into another platform, He will do it. That's why, listen to me. The leading of God in our lives is on a step-by-step basis. What did I say? I did not say it. Well. Say the leading of God is on a step-by-step basis. The leading of God is on a step-by-step basis because the way God will order your step. No, no, you preach this one. After me, the way God will order your steps is that God will never sit you down and show you everything your life is going to be about. All that you need and all that you will get is what you need for the next step. Do you understand what I just said? What you need is the next step. That is all you need. That's why purpose cannot be in a situation. Do you understand that? That's another reason why purpose cannot be in a situation. Purpose is where you are now wherever he puts you, wherever he sends you, you are here, you are doing what God will have you do. If he says go there, you go there, he say this, is and you will do what God will have you do. If he says go here, you go here, and you do what God will have you do. And that is the reason why you get to a situation. This thing gives you buffer and shock absorber to take any situation of life without feeling any kind of change in your self-worth or self-esteem. This thing, it gives you Ultimate shock absorber because you know if something happens and you are promoted to the CEO of a multinational, if the wicked people and unreasonable men in that place set leg for you and they fire you and they chase you away from there, you will not say, My life has finished because it is a situation at best. Your purpose is still there. Wherever you land is a situation, you will do your purpose there. It's like a pot saying, Except I'm in Pastor IJ's kitchen, I don't have purpose. If anything happens and they re- relocate the pots from here to Iwo, to go and cook in a, in a kitchen in Iwo, is it not still a pot? Is it not still doing the purpose of God for it? That's why that consistency, that self esteem must never come from the abundance of the things that you have. It must always come from what God has created you to be. We have these examples all through the scriptures all that will change will be situations and platforms so that you can do more. Purpose can never change. Irrespective of situation. That's why Joseph was created. His purpose was to steward resources, to help people. As a servant in Pope Potiphar's house, he did that purpose. So Joseph's purpose did not start the day he entered prime ministership. Joseph's purpose did not start the day he became prime minister. When he was in Potiphar's house, he was in purpose. He nothing changed. When he became a prisoner, he was doing the purpose of God for his life. When he became a prime minister, he was still doing the purpose of God for his life. That's why with his own mouth, his idea of purpose obviously changed. Because there was a time when he looked at his purpose as his situation where people bowed down to him and was telling people, one the you to bow down to me." He thought that there was no purpose bowing down to you is just a situation. You found yourself in an elevated position where people are bowing down to you, but that is not your purpose. With his own mouth, when God had elevated him and he had suffered very well, you know he told his brothers, God sent me to preserve you. His eyes was not even on the situation again. He was now saying, God sent me to do something. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Don't look at a cleaner. And subconsciously, your mind, somewhere in your mind, you are looking at a cleaner that doesn't have money, and somewhere in your mind, you know you are looking at the person, and something is telling you that you are better off than the person. You are not. Your situation does not make you better than that person. A guy passes in front of you with a Range Rover, and somewhere in your subconscious, you are looking at that person with that Range Rover, and you are thinking to yourself, This person is better than me, is a lie. Your situation does not make the person better than you. It does not mean anything. Told you people. Is the person that sent you you should be afraid of? Is the person that created you that you should be afraid of? Is the person that gave you purpose that you should be thinking of how to please him? Not what people think on social media, not the adulation of men. People think that should be your motivation is the person that sent you that you should be bothered about. Church, I was together. It was some years ago. Eh, this guy, what's his name? Was all over Instagram, buying Rolls Royce, oppressing everybody. You're saying, "Baba, nobody like you. You are the Most High. You are the Great I Am. You are the half and the Omega." He buy Rolls Royce, he buy cap. He from going from Dubai to America. The Baba do give away. Do give away, do give away, and so people were looking at it and they saying Godwin, Godwin. Now, is inside American quantity. Do you, are you do you still want Godwin? Make the lock you to inside. Hmm. That is just a simple example to let you know that that situation can mean anything. Switch out together. You can desire platforms. You can. Listen, when you are purpose oriented, when you are action biased, when you are purpose oriented and you are action biased, one of the things that will happen is this. This is what will be one of the things that will, to happen, that will begin to happen to you is this. You begin to notice how much you can do. When you are faithful in a particular place, you begin to notice how much you can do. That's if you are purpose oriented. If you're not purpose-oriented, you you will notice what you can do. You will be noticing how much more you can have. Do you understand that? Let me say it again. If you're not purpose-oriented, what you'll be noticing is how much you can have. If you're purpose-oriented, what you'll be noticing is how much more you can do. When you begin to notice how much more you can do because you're purpose-oriented, you will begin to see how a better situation will enable you to do more you understand that? You begin to see how a better situation can help you to do more. You can desire a platform based on that. We see the precedent in the scriptures. Apostle Paul says that you can desire the more endless gifts. You can desire to do more. We can see this thing from the old and the new. An angel will show up and speaking to Isaiah will say, I want to do something. I'm looking for a man that I can send. And Isaiah will say, Lord, here I am. Send me. You can desire to do more. You can desire to enter more platforms. You can, see, the platforms and places where God will put you to do stuff, God can be walking inside of you, prompting you and leaning you in the direction of those things. So to we together. God can be leaning, you know, God can begin to walk inside of you and you have to begin to lean in the direction of that situation that God will have you be so that you can do more. It's okay to desire it. But once you are grounded on the framework which I've been explaining since, where you are purpose oriented, and you are not measuring yourself by that situation, what begins to happen to you is that your eyes will open, and your eyes, your senses will be accurately aware of what the next thing to do is. The shortest possible way between your current situation and that that next situation will be will be very will be clearer to you. By default, you will do things that will lead you in the direction of that things. Things will be happening and you'll be doing things that you might never, you might never be able to, where you are, even tell the lines or the connection between how they will get you there, but you'll be doing them. So, when you now enter that next platform or that next situation, it will be like as if the platform just came to you. Just you I just said now? Ah, guys, do you understand what I just said? It will, it will feel to you like as if the platform just came to you. But desiring it must be based on being purpose-oriented. Think of it like this. Let me use the examples. examples in scriptures are always good. Let's use someone like, um, let's use someone like David. David was at every point in time, wherever he found himself, doing what he wants to do doing what is good at doing, doing things. What now happens is that in doing those things, all kinds of challenges and situations will come. That because you are are purpose-oriented, you are able to bring those challenges down. You are able to subdue them. You are getting more effective. You are becoming more better. You are becoming a better person. But at the same time, the world around you is also watching. God is watching. What now happens is that those things will begin to align themselves in such a way in space-time where you find yourself crossing from one situation of doing more to another. Because spiritually, the concept of right, the concept of right by conquest, is valid. Whatever you conquer has become your own. Do you understand what I just said now? How do I explain it to you? See, spiritually speaking, whatever you conquer has become your own. Whatever you conquer, whatever you surmount has become your own. So if your challenges come into your life, that's why challenges make man better. When challenges come into your life, when you conquer it, the conquering of that challenge has become your own. That challenge has become subordinate to you. Nobody can take it from you again. That's what happens when you are in a situation where you are being effective. Challenges will come. Those challenges will come. Those problems will come. Those challenges will come. Those situations will come. But because you have built yourself by being purpose-oriented where you are, you will conquer those new situations and they will become your own. Guess what? When they become your own, they become a platform of sorts. Do you understand that? So a man being effective as, his, as a shepherd, building himself and knowing how to use his catapult to be very accurate, is doing purpose. He's doing the shepherding of his father's flock when a challenge comes in the form of Goliath, he conquers it, and the conquering of Goliath becomes what? His own. Guess what? The conquering of Goliath became, became a new platform for him, where he's now known as what? The conqueror of Goliath. Men flock to him. He has men behind him. He's given a position. And then he continues on, and on, and on, and on. That kind of streak, that kind of trajectory, That kind of trajectory hmm, is not possible to a man who is not purpose-oriented. Because what will happen is that from the point of being a shepherd, the that thing will have been aborted. Do you know why? Because he will be a shepherd, lamenting like the guy with one talent, and saying, See people going to war. He's not practicing his sling. See people going to war. They are leaving me behind, they are not doing anything. He's not practicing his sling. He's not killing the lion. He's not killing the bear. He's lamenting. He's situation oriented. He's lamenting. He's looking at the girls around. That's what he's doing. Guess what? When Goliath comes, he will not even recognize Goliath as something that can be conquered. Do you understand what I just said no? When Goliath comes, he will not even recognize Goliath as something that can be conquered. All he will see Goliath as is something that is scary. But a man that is, that's why he said, being purpose-oriented opens your eyes. What other people are not seeing, you, you will be seeing it. What other people are seeing as challenge, because you have built competence, because you are purpose-oriented, you will be seeing, because you have done stuff, you have experience in some things, you will be seeing uh, this thing. This Is that what will happen? No, this one is not happening like that. That's what you'll be seeing. Where other people are seeing stuff, are have seen all kinds of things. You are you seeing what they cannot see. That's why you will surmount it and to become your own. But everything comes from being purpose-oriented. Hallelujah. Church are will together. Say I'm purpose-oriented. Oh, please. I wanted to say it well. Say I am purpose-oriented. Say, I am action biased. Say, I am not situation oriented. Say, I am not materialistic. Say, I am not situation oriented. I am not materialistic. Rather, I am purpose oriented. Rather, I am action biased. Hallelujah. I hope somebody has replaced. I hope it is clear. In your mind you must separate purpose and platforms, you must separate purpose and situation do it and your life will be much easier don't judge yourself by the abundance of things that you own don't judge yourself by the abundance of the things that you own all the things that you own are created for you to do something with them they are not for you to just enjoy they are primarily for you to do something with them don't play that game with the world that game with the world that world of situation orientation comparing situations don't play that game with them it's a trap you will never be who you are meant to be because that is not who you are hope you just understood what I said now it is your situation is not who you are so if you are situation oriented you will never be who you are meant to be because your eyes will be on the thing that does not make you anything and you will keep struggling. Hallelujah. Let's bow down our heads and let's just let's just pray. And let's just I want you to be, just pray and be quiet and still in your heart. And um, see yourself. See yourself in all these things. Just see yourself. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.